Hey, welcome every single one of you to X Church. We are so excited to have you. Aren't we excited, guys? Come on. Come on. It's so good to have my group with me. Hey, listen, we just want to say happy Memorial Day weekend. This is a weekend that I think is so important. This is why we wanted to take communion. We wanted to honor what Jesus has done and how he died for our freedom. And we as a nation, this is a weekend where we want to honor all of those who have paid the ultimate price for our freedom. And so, listen, we just, uh, we hope that wherever you're coming from, you're watching this, that you're going to be inspired by this today. We're glad that you're here. Hey, listen, even if you don't call yourself a church person, even if you're not sure what you believe, but maybe you're tuning into this, you're watching it because maybe you're just looking for some hope. Listen, I believe that you came to the right place. And I believe that God has something that he wants to say to you today, no matter where you are, no matter what walk of life. Hey, listen, we are wrapping up actually a series that we've been doing for the last several weeks called Unshaken. Hasn't this been an incredible series, Guy? Man, I, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been touched and inspired. I actually planned for this series to be four weeks. It is six weeks long, so I don't know if you like that or not. But we've, we've been in this series talking about how do we have a foundation for life so that when we go through uncertain times that we can live unshaken. How do we have a foundation? It was based on something Jesus said. When Jesus said these words, he said, whoever hears my words and puts them to practice is like a person, a man who builds his house upon the rock that when storms come, that they will not knock him down. And this is what we're trying to discover in our lives. And so today we're going to wrap this up. But I am excited, listen, as we move into summer. I don't know if you're excited about summer, but I am excited about summer because we're going to kick off a series. Guys, it's not going to be six weeks. It might go eight weeks. I don't know. It's called Summer at the X. It's called Summer at the X. Here's what we wanted to do. We know that a lot of you had summer plans that maybe you've had to cancel. And it's awful. How, like Some of you had vacations that, I, that you had to cancel. You had trips that you have uh, canceled. And we wanted to just have a little bit of fun. We wanted to kind of bring some levity to this situation that we're in. And so we've got some amazing things planned as a church. If we are allowed, we're going to have some community events, some outreach stuff. We want to celebrate summer, even though maybe this is the summer where we don't like what we see in front of us. Like, this is one of those, I don't know about you guys, but man, I feel like I'm ready to punt on summer 2020 already. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I do. I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like that I'm going to have to try to remember what last summer was like to be able to enjoy this summer. I don't know if you feel that way. I'll be honest. I think some of the greatest memories that I've had as a kid were during the summertime. Man, when I was a kid, I loved summer. You could not convince me it was the best time. I believe it is the best time of the year. School is out. Ooh, man. Anna, aren't you excited about We got a graduate of 2020 right here. Anna Ratliff, congratulations. She's ready. School is out for the summer. And, man, I'll tell you, I just think back to when I was a kid. It was my favorite time of the year. I would go and hang out with friends. We'd stay up late. We'd go to the rec center. I played baseball. I played basketball. Man, I have such fond memories of summer. Not Maybe this summer. I don't know if we're going to make any good memories, but of summer's past when I was a kid. One of the things that we would do as a family a lot of times is we would take a summer road trip. Did any of you ever take summer road trips? 
the family summer road trips. I don't know if any of you watching this right now that you took some summer road trips, but I think back to summer road trips and I think, man, it is so different now to take a trip on the road than it was when I was a kid. When, when I was a kid, we didn't have all the electronic stuff. We didn't have constant data on our phones. We couldn't just watch Netflix the whole time, sitting in heated or cooled seats. No, no, no. When I was a kid, we didn't have that. I might have had a Game Boy, okay, Byron, but I, I don't know what you, but, but we had to play different kinds of games in the car. You remember that, Scott? We, we had to make them up. We would play I Spy for hours. Oh, it was miserable. We had to play. We played the license plate game. You know, where you look for letters or different states. And we had this. And, and so when I think back to summer, I, you know what I feel like? I, sometimes I think to myself, man, I miss the good old days. I don't know if you ever say, I don't, Tucker never says that. You haven't lived long enough for the good old days. Have you ever had someone say, man, I miss the good old days? We think back to those summer road trips to go to places. And, and I think a lot of times when we think about the past, when we remember Memorial Day, when we remember the past, what I found is a lot of times in our minds, we, we remember the things that we want to remember, but we actually forget how it really happened. Can I just be honest with you, Jarrell? Summer road trips were hell. They were hell. I'm with you, Tucker. Those were not the good old days. Because I'm telling you, three of us crammed into the back seat we're fighting. I'm fighting with my brother and sister the whole time. We're fighting for the middle seat because maybe you had more room. And then it's like, can you tell her to move over? She's on my side. It was hot. It was exhausting. We didn't have electronics the whole time. Sometimes the air conditioning didn't work. My dad said, we got 55 air. Just roll your window down. Listen, this is what it was really like, guys. You know, you know what I'm saying? I think what happens to us is that nostalgia is a powerful emotion. You know, nostalgia, you know how we get nostalgic at times. How we remember the good old days. You ever have somebody say that to you? You remember the good old days? Don't you wish it was like it was back in the day, the good old days? Nostalgia is this powerful thing where we remember what we want to remember, but we forget the way it was really like. I wonder if many of us, we, we're going to get through a season like this, but even right now during this pandemic and the quarantine and lockdown, a lot of us are going to look back on our past with nostalgic feelings. Oh, it was so much better before. Oh, I wish we could just go back to the way it was. Have you ever heard that before? I bet you said that. I wish we could go back to normal. Nostalgia sets in. It reminded me of the Israelites. It reminded me of the story of the nation of Israel. In fact, this moment that we're in kind of parallels the, the story of the nation of Israel. I was thinking about how there was a time when they were living enslaved in Egypt. How they were living in bondage. They were oppressed by the Egyptians. And the Bible tells us that they cried out to God. God, we're miserable. God, this is awful. God, get us out of here. God, come to our rescue. And guess what? God did. God sent a man named Moses. And God told Moses, remember the burning bush moment? Maybe you've ever heard that if you've been around church. God told Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. 
the suffering in Egypt. And I'm sending you because I am going to bring them out of Egypt. And I'm going to take them to a land that is so much better than where they are. And so God sent Moses. And Moses went to Egypt and he confronted the king. And he said, let my people go. And he wouldn't. And so then God did all of these amazing miracles. These ten plagues. And finally, Pharaoh lets the nation of Israel go. And so the Israelites, they're, they're finally set free. Can you imagine that? They're set free and they travel and they're following God. God's going to take them to the promised land. This is the plan. This is what God was going to do. And it doesn't take just even a few days into the journey. When they get into the wilderness, when they get on a road trip, they're on a road trip. God said, I'm taking you on a road trip. We're going to get to the destination you want to be at. But not just even days into the journey, guess what they all did? They all started to complain. They all started to grumble and complain. They got a little nostalgic. The desert was hot. The wilderness was difficult. They got into a season. Like, can I say that some of us might be in a season like that? And all of a sudden, they feel like, I wish it could go back to the way it was. I want to talk about this idea of going back to normal as we close out this series. I want to go back to normal. That's what they said. In fact, I want to read, if you've got your Bibles, right? Exodus chapter 16. In Exodus chapter 16, let me, let me read to you just a couple verses. Exodus 16, verse 2 and 3. Here, here's what it says about the nation of Israel. Here's what they said as they began to complain when they're in the wilderness. It says this, that in the desert, the whole community, here's what they did. They grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They were their leaders. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted. We hit the buffet every single day. Golden Corral. But you have brought us out into this desert, desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Now this is, I was confused. Can I just tell you guys, I, I was a little confused because I'm reading this, right? And, and here's what they said. They said, we wish that we had died in Egypt. But rather you brought us out into the wilderness to starve to death. Now I guess, if you get to choose the way you die, you might rather die by the hand of God during a plague than you would to die by starvation. Okay, okay, I can make that. I can see that. But here's what's interesting. What they really are saying, and this is what I see a lot of people in our world right now saying, is I wish we could go back to Egypt. I wish we could go back. And here's what they did. Here's what they did. They, they remembered it a little different than it really was. Right? Because here's what they said. When we were in Egypt, this is what we did. Every day we sat around pots of meat. We got to every night we had a hog roast and a luau tucker. Come on, a little dancing, music. Oh, I wish we could go back to the way it was in Egypt. 
This is what they were. This were the same people that were crying, Raina. They're crying out loud to God to rescue them from a land of slavery where they hated life. But now what do they do? They get out of it and all of a sudden they say, I wish we could go back to it. The reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of us, we can be in that place right now. This is what we do. Let me, let me give you this truth today, okay? We often romanticize our past more than we remember it. We often romanticize our past more than we remember it. You, you know what I mean by like, like when you think back to your past, think about it. You romanticize things about your past, but we don't actually remember it right. Like I, I think about high school. Scott, I want you to think about high school. I'm going to look in the camera. I want you to think about high school if you're a little bit older like Scott is. I want you to, Tucker, he, he can remember. It wasn't that long ago. But I, Anna, she's, she, can, she can really remember, so she doesn't do this. But when, when you think about high school, I, I, I reminisce and I romanticize about, oh, there was that time. I remember a basketball game where I had the ball in my hands at the free throw, and I had two shots to win the game. And by the way, I hit both of those shots, and we won the game. And those are the moments that I remember the most. Or you remember the moment when you asked the girl of your dreams to go out with you, and she said yes. We remember the moments we want to remember, but a lot of times we forget how it actually went down. The truth is, you remember the one girl that said yes, you forget the other 14 that rejected you. Right? Because what do we do? We romanticize the past, but we don't actually really remember it right. And what I'm saying is this, a lot of people today, I met this lady in Kroger. Let me, let me just pause. I met this lady in Kroger this past week. I went to Kroger because I needed some flowers for my anniversary. And I thought it would look a whole lot better if she put them together than if I put them together. And so while this lady was putting together these roses, by the way, I got my wife 24 roses for 24 years. That's the way you do it, guys. That's the way you do it. She better not get used to that. It gets more and more expensive every year. But she was putting together the flowers, and she said to me, because we were just talking about this and the pain of it, she said, you know what? I, I just can't wait until we get back to normal. That's what she said to me. And I've been processing this. I said, I don't know that we're ever going to get back to normal. And a lot of times what we say is, and we've been saying it for a long time, for two months, that we say, we want to go back to normal. We, we want to go back to when, when our jobs were secure. I get that. We want to go back to when our kids could be in school because they're driving us crazy. We want to go back to when our kids got to do their sports and their activities that they loved. We want to go back to when the stock market was actually at its peak. We want to go back to normal. You know what's interesting? If we could all go back three months, the truth is this. Most of us were actually complaining about what is normal three months ago. Most of us were actually complaining about normal. I'm overworked. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed. I'm too busy. I don't have any margin in my life. I'm running like crazy trying to keep up with my kids and all their activities. What's so interesting to me is that now we're in the desert. Now we're in the wilderness and we're complaining, I want to go back to Egypt. Can I ask you this question? What if God doesn't want us to go back to normal? What if God doesn't want us to go back to the way it was? I'm not saying that I think God wants us to 
to, to live in a place where we don't know if we're going to have enough money. And I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what, what if God doesn't want us to go back to the way it was? Would you be okay with that? Would you be okay with this idea that maybe God doesn't want us to go back to the rhythms that we had or the unhealthy habits that we had or the way we had been operating our lives, the way we had? What if God didn't want us to, but what if God has something better for us? See, the truth is this, that you can't walk into what God has that is better for you while you're still holding on to what's in the past. God has something better. God had something better for the Israelites. It was better than Egypt. They just had to go through the wilderness to get to it. And I wonder if God has something better for us as people. If God has something better for you. If God has something better for our church. But the thing is, we have to trust him in the process we got to trust God right now and not say, I wish we could go back because God might be trying to lead us to something better like he was the Israelites. I've got something better for them. But you know what? They never got to that generation, Tucker. They didn't get to experience what God had for them. You know why? Because they complained. Because they grumbled. Because they had negative attitudes. Because they didn't have faith to trust God. And so here's what happened to the story of Israel. Can I tell you what happened? God said, because you don't have faith, because you're not trusting me in the process, because you want to get out of the wilderness so badly, but you really want to go back to Egypt, because of all that, he said this. He said, the entire generation is going to die in the wilderness. And you're not going to see the promise because you don't have the faith to trust me in the process. Have you ever wondered why the entire generation had to die off? I was thinking about it. Why would the entire generation, why would God say the whole generation has to die off before I'm going to take these people into the promised land? I wonder if it's because God would had to wait for an entire generation of people that didn't want to go back to what they had. What if God had to wait it out for an entire generation to grow up that didn't know anything of Egypt? They didn't say, I want to go back to normal, but said, I want to go into what God has for me. God is always doing something new. Please hear me today. Even in a midst where we don't like what is happening in the world around us, and I don't believe that God is causing a pandemic, but I do believe God is doing something new in the middle of it. And as long as we keep our eyes looking in the rearview mirror, thinking, oh, I wish we could go back to where we were before, we're never going to be able to see the new thing that God's doing. God had to constantly remind the nation of Israel about this. In fact, even hundreds of years later, guess what? The Israelites, all they can think about is what God did in Egypt. That's all they can celebrate. They were stuck in what God did in the past. That's why God had to say something to them. Let me, let me read this to you. Isaiah 43. You guys don't have to look it up because you're going to get there. If you can get there, go there. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. I love this. I love this. God said this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. What does dwell mean? Live. Stop living in the past. He said, see, I am doing a what? Everybody say that word. I am doing a new. Come on, everybody say it with me. I am doing a new. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. 
Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God says, I'm doing something new. Can I tell you, as much as I don't like this season either, as much as this has been a hard season for many of us, can I just tell you what I see because I'm looking and saying, God, what are you doing? Can I tell you what I see? God is doing something new. God is doing something new right now in this world. God, I believe, is doing something new in our church. God wants to do something new in you. Can I tell you what God has been doing since we started this? This blows my mind. It's my prayer that we could reach thousands with the gospel. It's my prayer that we'll be able to give away millions. Can I tell you what some of the things that God has, I had to write these down just like, you know, every single church, almost every church that I know has seen more people logging on to hear the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel, the good news of Jesus than any other time in the history of their church. Not, I'm not, that's not just our church. Every church I'm talking to, we are seeing, listen, a church that used to have 12, 1,300 on the weekend, maybe we see 2,500, 2,500 come through our doors over four to six weeks. Can I tell you that we're averaging and seeing nearly 5,000 views of the message of Jesus going out from this broadcast every single week? And that's not families. That's just individual connections and views to what's going on. I'm just telling you, God is doing something new right now. God is doing something. Listen, we just added more than 110 people into 20 new circles, new groups in our church right now. Can I tell you God's doing something new? Since March 15th, when we could not meet in buildings, we're still meeting. We're still having church. I'm telling you, I have church every single Sunday with my family at home. We're still having church, but let me tell you something. Since March 15th, we have seen over 250 people say yes to Jesus and make a decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus in the past. What is that, two months? God's doing something new. He's up to something, and we want to get out of it. I understand that. But what if God, can I just say this, what if God is trying to do something right now? What if there, he wants a new way to get the message out? And so many of us, can I tell you what we're doing in the church? We're trying to hold on to what we used to have. Maybe things are never going to go back the way they were. I'm not saying we're not going to meet. I'm not saying I don't want to gather. I want to gather. Can you please hear me? I'm not saying that I hope we don't ever come back to church. No, I want to when it's safe, when we can do it well. When I, I, I mean, when we can follow our, our leaders and the authorities and what they're inviting us to do. Listen, we want to do it so that we don't lose goodwill with our community. There's so many things that we're processing. And, and we want to. I cannot wait until we meet together, guys. Can I just tell you? This place is going to erupt. It's going to blow up. I cannot wait. I really believe in person, maybe better than online, but let me just tell you, we would never be able to reach this number of people if God weren't doing something new right now. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that. What if God is trying to bring his church into something new? What if God is trying to get us to get a new pace for our life? What if God is trying to realign some priorities in our lives? What if God is trying to get us? Listen, I'm talking to the church right now. I know I'm stepping on some toes today. I know some of you are going to get mad. You may tune out. But listen, just before you turn this thing off because you get mad because I'm messing with your church, let me just tell you, if you get mad, this message could be for you. Because I'm going to step on your toes. Why? Because in the church, we're the worst at embracing the new. 
The church is the ones who hold on to the old the longest that we can. We say, oh, I remember the good old days. I remember the good old days in church. Oh, I've heard that so many times. I just wish we could go back to when I just liked the good old days when we could worship in church to the way I liked worship in the good old days. Can I ask you a question? How far back are we going? How far back do you want to go? Because I know there's a lot of people like Tucker. If you want to say, can we just go back to the good old days? That's like early 2000s. Like, I don't even, I don't even know what that is. And, and then there's others that are like, I want to go back to Darlene Check in the 90s. Shout to the Lord. Back when we had real worship songs in church, not this new stuff. Rattle and bones and all this stuff. What is that? That's not worship. Or then there's others that say, I want to go back to singing majesty and Lord, I lift your name on high. Y'all remember those? Jarrell, you don't remember that? Oh my gosh, you don't know what you're missing. Don't look at me, Scott. I'll start singing that stuff. I ain't going to start singing it, no. Or do you want to go back to the hymns? How far back or do you want to go back to church before hymns were even allowed in church? So what I'm trying to say is this. Tradition is the enemy of innovation. Tradition is the enemy. I'm going to say it for the people in the back. Tradition is the enemy of innovation. When we hold on to our tradition and the way it used to be, and we we hold on to Egypt, we actually keep ourselves from letting God lead us into something new he wants to do. And the same thing could be true in our lives. If we just complain and cry about being in this moment and say, I wish we could go back to the way it was before, we could miss the things that God wants to do in us. I don't want to miss it, guys. What I'm trying to say is this, when we hold on to man's methods, we can miss God's movement. When we hold on to man's methods, we can miss God's movement. What if God, what if, what if God is, is ushering in the greatest revival the world has ever seen? And all we can do is think back to where, well, I wish we could go back to the revivals of the past. No. God says, I'm doing something new. Don't you perceive it? I'm doing something new. God is doing something new. And the last thing that I want for you and for me as we live in this tension, and it's a tension. Please hear me. It it is a tension. I want to learn from the past, but I don't want to live there. We need to learn from our past. But we better not live there or we could miss what God wants to do. And, And I hope that in this season, hope for whatever your struggle is the last thing I want is for any of us to lose faith to where we end up dying in the desert of this place God's bringing us into something new just like he was taking the Israelites into something new and I don't want to hold on to the past so much that I don't listen I want to remember the past it's Memorial Day I want to remember what's behind me But I don't want to look at what's behind. I want to look ahead to where God's taken us. And so the question that I have for us today, how do we keep the new from becoming normal? How do we keep this next season in front of us? Because listen to me, I believe God's going to take us through this. And I I know that you want to get out of it. But I felt like God's been speaking something to my heart. I feel like God's been speaking to me about 
Tim, you want to get out of this, but what if I'm not done doing something in it? How do I keep the new that God is going to do and what he is doing from becoming my normal? What I'm saying is so I'm not complaining in two more months, in three months, about what life is. Deuteronomy 6, guys. Can you go there real quick? Deuteronomy chapter 6. You see, I, I've been in my personal devotion time reading through Deuteronomy. In fact, a lot of the messages that I preached through this series wasn't what I was planning on preaching. I was planning on doing four weeks, end up going six. I might get so inspired today, we might go seven. Probably not, but... But God, God showed me something when I was reading through Deuteronomy 6 in my own time. And I felt like it was a word of advice to us right now where we are. I feel like I know on a metaphorical level that we're like the Israelites. where we, We're out of Egypt, but we're not out of the pandemic. We're not out of the wilderness. We're not out of the situation. But if we trust God, and I trust him, he's taking us to something better. I believe that. God wants to take something, take you to something better in your life. But if you hold on so tightly to the way it used to be, the way your life was, your rhythms, what you chased after, what you believed, what you trusted in, you'll never have open hands to receive what God wants to give you. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 10 through 12, I saw this passage. And something jumped off the page at me, guys. This was right before they went to the promised land. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with a large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, talking about blessing that God has. Verse 12, this is what grabbed my attention. Be careful. This is God's word to you today. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Come on, y'all say that with me. Forget the Lord. Be careful that you do not what? Forget the Lord. Be careful you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. When God brings us into a new space, when God brings you into a new rhythm in your life, when God brings you to a new place, when he brings our church to a new way of doing ministry, the biggest thing we need to remember when we experience the favor and the blessing and the success and maybe we're going to get to a time where, where our stock market's going to go up and where everybody's going back to work and our economy starts cranking and, and the, the, the sickness goes away and the virus, got, hey, we're gonna, maybe we're going to get a, 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 um, a shot. Maybe we're going to get something that's going you know, to fix this. I don't know. But when we get there, here's what God said. Be careful. You do not forget me. You know what? I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget the things that God's been teaching me during this season, guys. God's been working on me. I don't know if he's working on you, but, man, he's been working on me. God's been teaching me some things during this season. God's been teaching me some things about the priorities of my life, what I've been pursuing God's been teaching me about not taking for granted the things and the people that are closest to me. I have done that. 
I realize that I've made ministry and my focus and my vision sometimes. I, I love people, but I never realized how much I needed people, how much I missed people until it was taken away. God's been teaching me something about my family and my kids and my girls that are growing up so fast. And I feel like God's been showing me every Sunday when you are at church with all your, your flock, but you are at home with your children. Cherish those moments because it ain't going to be too long before they're going to be out of the house. God's been teaching me some things in this moment. And I don't want to go to a place after this where we can get back to some kind of normal and we forget God. What happens when we get to the other side of the pandemic? Are we going to forget God? Are we going to forget Him? Because I think we'll be tempted to go back. God can take you into a new way to live. We can all be tempted to say, I just want to go back to the way it was. Well, what, I just, I don't want to forget God. Here's the danger. Here's what God said. Our danger is that we would forget about God in all of this. And though though we didn't have to go through 40 years, I pray we won't go through 40 years of this in the wilderness. But we might go through 40 weeks of it. And my prayer for all of us as we close this series is we don't forget God in this season. What has God been to you in this season? For some of you, some of you, this is the first time that you've prayed in a long time. Some of you, is, you can't remember the last time you talked to God. But you got so desperate in a season like this. You feel so hopeless. So the first time ever, you cried out to God. I want to look into the camera because I believe that there's hundreds, if not thousands of you, that maybe you never went to church. Maybe you didn't think you ever needed to go to church. Maybe you never thought you needed to hear something like this. Maybe you thought, I'll never set foot through the doors of a church. But then all of a sudden, you had an opportunity to experience who Jesus is and how God loves you in the safety of your own home. Yeah. Can I just encourage you, when we get on the other side of this pandemic, don't forget about God. When you get back to your job and you are able to have a paycheck come in, don't forget about God. When you get back to some rhythm in your life. Don't forget about God. When you have the opportunity to go back out to the bars and to drink every night and to get drunk and wasted with your friends, don't forget about God. Don't forget about the season. Because I'm just saying, what if God, what if God wants to free us of what we call as normal? We say, I want to go back to normal. Here's my message. Don't go back to normal. What if God wants to free us of what we've called normal? Because in our culture, you know what we've called normal? Being in debt. Maybe God wants to bring freedom to those of you that have been living in debt, so he's going to show you a new way to live. Come on, what if God doesn't want you to go back to those destructive habits that you've had in your life? What if God is using this time to show you there's a better way to live? Don't go back to normal. What if God is trying to lead you to a relationship with him, and you have never even embraced the idea of fully surrendering to God, but in a season where you have no control over your life, God is there, and he's real, and you're saying, okay, I want you God don't go back to normal God has something better for you come on if you all believe that say amen with me what if God wants to free us from what we've been calling normal I think that's what he wants to do I think that I I think we need to take God out of the box 
Here's what I think God would say to us. Remember the past, but don't forget about me. Let's not romanticize the past. Let's not romanticize what normal, overworked, stressed, busy, kids running crazy, our lives with no purpose, living with no hope, living with no peace, living with no joy. Can we not, let's not romanticize what normal was. I want to remember, I want to remember it right, but here's what I want to do. We're going to go into the new. And I want to forget about God. It's my prayer for all of us. I don't know how long this season's going to last. I don't know how long we're going to be dealing with this pandemic. My hope and prayer for you, for your family, for our church family, for our communities, is that we don't go back to normal. Let's step into the new that God has for us. Come on, would you all pray with me? God, I just believe that you, that you gave me this message, this word, that it is timely for us. God, I don't, I don't want to forget you on the other side of this. I don't want to forget how much I desperately need you in the middle of this only to get beyond it and forget you. God, I pray right now for every person that's struggling, that's hurting. God, I pray that your presence right now would meet them. God, you would show us today you are in the middle of this moment. I'm not saying, God, you caused it, but I'm saying you're in the middle of it. You're with us. God, we're, we're in process. You're, de- you're developing us to deliver us to something better. But God, we accept this warning. Be careful not to forget God. Listen, as we're praying, I just wonder maybe some of you, as we close out this series, you've been tuning in, you've been watching. The truth is, you have never trusted Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The truth is that you have been living in Egypt, so to speak, a land of slavery. And here's what I've found. We can sometimes get comfortable in what is familiar. Sometimes we can even get used to the sin in our life. And I'm just here to tell you today, you don't have to stay there. God wants to bring freedom to your life. God wants to lead you into something new today. Today. God wants to lead you into a new relationship with him. A new life. He wants to give you something new. He wants to take away that which is old, the stained life that you've lived, the sin that you've walked in and lived in, the fear that has gripped your life. And God wants to give you something new today. The Bible says that if anyone calls upon the name of Jesus, you will be saved. Listen, that's not just for eternity, but for right now, that God wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to take residence in your life. He wants to dwell inside of you. He wants to give you joy and peace and life to the fullest. doesn't mean that you won't have pain. It doesn't mean you won't have heartache. But let me tell you, you will know the presence of God, that he wants to lead you through this season into what he has that's for you. As he says in Isaiah 43, I'm doing something new. Do you not perceive it? going to make a way. I believe God wants to make a way for some of you right now. And I want to lead you. I 
want to lead you on a prayer. It's just a prayer of faith. So there's nothing special about the words that we're about to say, but really the posture of our heart and the faith that we have in this moment to say, I'm going to follow you into something new, God. I'm going to surrender my life to you. If that's you today, I want to lead you in this prayer. And before we do that, I want you to do this. I want you, if you're watching this, I want you just to click that banner that's below me on the, our website. Or you're going to type in life in the chat. This is your way of responding right now. You're going to say life. You're just going to type it in there. You're going to say, today I receive new life in Christ. I receive what Jesus has for me. I'm going to follow him into the new that he has for me. If that is you today, you just say that. You just, you just, you just put that right in the chat. You just say life. This is me. For all those ready to make that decision to say, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me right now where you are? Just repeat it with me in your heart. Father, today I come to you recognizing that I, I want to get out of this place where I am. So today I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Today I ask you to take residence in my life. I'm not even sure what that means. But today I'm saying yes to you, Jesus. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior, Jesus. I believe you died for me. I believe that you paid the price for my sin. And so today, right now, I just say, I'm yours. Lead me into the new that you have. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, can we give it up for all those who just prayed that today? Would you pray? Hey, listen, hey, listen, we celebrate with you. And as we close out this series, Unshaken, I hope that it has created a foundation for you. I hope that there are things in this series that has really given you the strength to say, I can make it through this. That God is putting a foundation under us so that what we have, the life that we have, will be unshaken in times of uncertainty. Listen, as we get ready to uh, close out this experience I don't want to leave without first celebrating who God is and what he's doing right now. God is doing something new. And I believe that he is a way maker. And he is making a way for us. So come on, would you join with me and sing?